This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. So there's probably nothing that makes clients more anxious than taxes um, and finance and money. I mean, these are really just high impact, high emotion topics. And uh, communicating these topics is particularly difficult. On top of that, we've got to communicate not just with our clients, we've got to communicate with our staff. We've got to communicate with our partners, which can be one of the most difficult places to communicate. And so today we're going to learn actually how to uh, build a communications plan that will soothe that anxiety and actually help a um, help a team run smoothly. And uh, I, I think uh, now as we're, we're winding down um, and we're winding down the year, we're getting into a new year uh, pretty soon here. And our, our clients, we now we start all over again. So uh, all the anxiety <laughs> is winding down. It's just going to start up again in January. So uh, it's actually uh, our privilege and honor to have uh, Julian Miraville and uh, Alexander uh, or Alex Lyon with us today, who've written a book called Positive Communication for Leaders. And I, I, I love you've made the positive side of that. This is awesome. But I would, if you would, um, please introduce yourselves uh, to our, our listeners. Just let us know a little bit about yourselves and how you got into talking about particularly this subject. Yeah, thank you so much. So I'm Julian Maravelle. I'm a, a professor of communication at the University of Arkansas, Little Rock, where I have been now for 18 years. Uh, all of my degrees are in the field of communication. It's probably been my lifelong passion. Um, you know, I, um, I'm originally from France and I came to the United States when I was about 15 years old as an exchange student. So really my story begins with trying to learn English and trying to assimilate it, which was a huge communication problem, you know, to face as a young uh, teenager. But my passion today is really uh, positive communication. And the reason why I moved in that direction is because I was always interested first in helping people communicate more effectively, but also in shining light on what we do when we are at our best. Because inside all of us, we have the capacity to communicate poorly, but we also have the capacity to communicate with excellence, uh, with compassion, with courage. And so I wanted to kind of figure out what we do when we reach these best moments and try to try to help people get there. Yeah, Thank you. What about you, Alex? It's my pleasure to have co-authored the book with Julian. So like Julian, I'm also a college professor. I teach at the State University of New York at the Brockport campus. And I also love leadership, love communication. That's the area that I teach in and research in. And like Julian, we do speaking, we do consulting. And I also have a YouTube channel called Ale Communication Coach Alexander Line, which looks at not just this topic, but communication and leadership more generally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, CPAs, as a, a community, we're not exactly known for our great communication skills. So literally every time, so we have a uh, we have a, a, a CPA franchise, network and franchise, and uh, every time I meet with them, we're talking about communication because whenever we have an issue with the client, 100% of the time, it's a communication issue, not 99%. 100% of the time, it's a communication <laughs> issue. It's never a technical issue. It's never a um, uh, 
you know, my tax return was incorrect issue. A hundred percent of the time, right. it's a communication issue. So this idea and your, your book, Positive Communication for Leaders, I think this is something that we need so much in our industry and not just CPAs, but, you know, financial, the, the financial um, professional industry in as, as a broader industry. Uh, so let me start by asking this question because you were talking about this as you introduced yourself, Julian. What do you mean? What makes for great communication? So, uh, you know, the way we describe it in the book is we use a model that I actually developed maybe about 10 years ago that is a model of positive communication. So at the heart of our approach is we believe there are six behaviors that are really key for people to practice effective ethical communication. And so I'm going to list them very quickly, and I'm sure Alex can add as well. But the behaviors are greeting to create connection, asking questions to be able to discover people, complimenting to be able to affect them in a positive way, disclosing, which allows you to deepen relationships, encouraging, which allows you then to give and use communication as an act of giving towards social support, and then the sixth behavior is listening, which allows you to transcend perceived differences. And when people practice these behaviors, they exemplify uh, what we believe is positive communication, effective communication, but also then have the ability to inspire and influence people around them. Yeah. All right. Well, I I, really... I'm in. I'm in. Let's let let's start talking about these. Alex, <laughs> you're on. Well, I didn't have much to add to that, except for the fact that if you boiled it all the way down and said, what are the necessary elements? You would come down to these six. If you take even one of them out, then there's going to be a gap. So you can add more if you want to, but this is a starting place. I like to think of these six behaviors as what, like when we play baseball, the metaphor I use is you hit the ball, you throw the ball, you catch the ball. These are the fundamentals and you can get better and better at each of them, just like the pro ball players do to reach higher levels of excellence. But these are the fundamentals. You have to start here and then build your skills from there. Well, I, I'm going to let people read, read your book so they can get, get all of this. Um, but I picked out three. Three of these hit me pretty hard when, when you were running okay. through them. And, and the first one is asking questions. And this is the one I actually hit the hardest in my training. So I love this. I actually think the job of a professional advisor is to ask questions good question. I actually think that's our primary job. So if right. you would give us your perspective on questions and how do you even learn how to ask good questions? One of the key benefits of asking questions is that you figure out what the other person knows and understands. It's almost as if you're evaluating their level of knowledge and expertise. So if you just launched into a conversation with all the technical uh, CPA jargon, you're going to lose them really quickly. The same way, <laughs> the same way a physics, yeah, the same way a physics teacher is going to lose their freshmen if they just jump right into the deep water. So asking questions is a great way to hear what their interests are, of course, in terms of how you can help them, but also assess their, their knowledge. And it's a helpful way for you to get to know them more generally and what else is happening in their life and what they have going on, because there may be a bigger picture that you can help them with in terms of maybe a long-term investment plan and maximizing what they have to offer. So questions are a great way to gather information. It also, however, as, and I'll ask Julian to continue this, 
it shows people that you actually care about them. It shows that you want to take a moment to get to know them better instead of just talking at them. Julian, do you want to add to that a little bit? Yeah, because, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book is being able to, to, we call it flipping your questions, right? Is We have a tendency when we interact to ask close-ended questions, questions that focus on information, that narrow the interaction, that force the person to say yes or no. And it's, it's often because we're focused on the task, right? And we want to get things done. In the book, we talk about flipping your questions from closed-ended to open-ended. Because when you ask open-ended, you're truly in a, in a position of discovery and you're truly in a position of humility. Humility is the key, kind of key value behind the behavior. And that allows you to get at the person. And if you can do that, if you can master both asking questions about tasks and asking questions to build relationships, you're only going to be stronger in any role you really function in. So take, all right, take somebody who's terrible at asking questions. Okay. So, um, which would honestly be most CPAs in my experience. Um, I, I have, I have members that have been members for years and they still have a hard time with it. Do you have any keys, any, any other, other than open-ended questions, which I, I, you know, I totally get that. Um, but anything that they can do, any, any simple tips that you can give them to, maybe keep going on those questions and, and not stop with the very first um, answer. Cause to me, it's like, I'll ask people why, cause I'm, I'm a why guy. Yeah. And then I'll yeah. ask them, well, but what's the why behind that? Why? So to me, it's always, <laughs> sure. I want the deeper answer. I don't want the superficial answer. And I think as CPAs, as financial professionals, we tend to um, accept the superficial answer and we're done. Because we want to right. get into the task, right? We're so task driven. We don't want. We're not. We're not willing to spend the time to develop to develop that relationship. When even though we know that really we're probably the most important financial relationship that our clients have. Yeah. Right. Well, I think they should take a lesson out of your book, Tom. So, podcasters, <laughs> think about this. What do you have to do to be great? at asking questions. First of all, and this is advice for everyone listening, you have to commit to asking more questions in the first place. You just have to make up your mind that, you know what, asking questions is valuable. As we say, a statistic in the book, only 6% of communication acts are questions, but that generates 60% of the conversation. So they're really powerful ways for you to engage other people. Second, just like a good podcaster, you have some questions in mind for your guests, standard types of questions to get you started in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So every person listening should have in their back pocket several questions they can use as a jumping off place. And then third, exactly what you're doing right now, ask a follow-up to dig deeper. So whatever the person says, you follow up on that. Tell me more about mm -hmm. that. Oh, what else? Just follow up a little bit based upon what they say. And that will really open the door and now you're in the flow of a conversation that can really open up and help you get to know not just their financial situation but you get to know them as a person yeah one, one of the things i love actually um is i love being a student so my favorite thing in the world to do is to learn and uh, to me asking questions is all about learning and it doesn't matter if i'm right. learning about a person their behavior their background but the reality is is i don't think we can do our job 
without asking the questions, because how can I know? It's like, can you imagine going to a doctor and the doctor spends, uh, ask one question, well, what hurts? And then they're done. And then they spend 14 minutes telling you how, you know, you need to do this and you need to do this, you need to do this. Instead of the opposite, which doctors do, is they spend 14 minutes, because you only get 15 minutes, right? 14 minutes, (laughs) 14 minutes asking questions. And then they go, oh, well, here's the prescription. This is it. Yeah. Well, and you know, this is exactly what actually the medical community faced as a challenge for years. I mean, and, and now there's been three decades of efforts to try to change the way physicians interact with patients in particular. And one of the key things is being able to develop their interviewing skills. You know, what Alex said is really so valuable thinking about how to be creative and asking questions. One thing I would add is I think it's helpful for people who don't come up with questions naturally. Like if you're naturally curious and you want to learn, you're kind of in a position to soak it in. And so they come more naturally, but even writing down like five to six questions you want to make sure you hit on when you meet with a client and they can be big. Like, tell me about your story. What's bringing you in? What are your big financial goals? You know, how can I really serve you the best? What kind of relationship do you want us to have? I'm just coming up with them right now. Right. But I think just knowing here, five to six questions, I'm going to make sure I ask my clients because that's going to establish the connection. If you can begin there, that's going to save you time long-term, which is what we learn in the medical community. When you did not ask the questions, you're solving the wrong problem and you're misdiagnosing the patient. Same thing in the world of CPAs. Spend some time learning about the other person and that's going to save you time later on. Yeah. One of my favorite questions to ask is in a perfect world, um, what does this relationship look like? Yeah. From your point of view, I mean, what, what, what do you want out of this? Because Every, I find every client to be different, right? Some clients right. want to be highly engaged. Other people say, I just want to take care of, you know, what, what are you, what are you looking for here? I, I, I just want to be able to sleep at night. Other clients go, I, I want to pay the very least amount of taxes possible. Right. But how do you know that without asking the question? And, and I, I'm always mystified by um, uh, CPAs and financial professionals who will just go into their spiel if you will, mm-hmm. and and won't ask yeah. the questions. Yeah. Yep. You know, so one question we right. put in the book, you know, you may want to transition to another of the key behaviors here, I know, but one of the behaviors that we talk about in the in the book, actually under disclosure, is sim- simple, simple sentence like what complete the sentence from you, from me. What I need from you is. Mm. And being able to share, like, here's what I need from you. And here's what you need from me. And being able to be on the same level playing field, it's going to help that interaction in that relationship 100% of the time. So so perfect. perfect. You made the transition for me because my number two one was disclosure, was uh, disclosing, <laughs> which I find so interesting that you bring that up because to me, that that's what social media is all about, right? Social media is all about disclosing. It's all about transparency and, and disclosing who we are. Um, we actually do something... Um, where we always do an upfront contract um, with our with every every time we meet with anybody, we say, okay, how much time do we have? Um, you'll notice right. we did this right beginning of this. How much time do we have? Um, you know, what do you want to get out of this? And here's what I'd like to have happen. 
you know, by the end of this sure. time. And is, is it okay? We just agree that we're going to come up with this result or this result. And that's going to be the, that's going to be the conversation. And uh, to me, that, that, that sounds a lot like that disclosure is you're disclosing what matters to you and then asking them to disclose what matters to them. Am I getting that right? Yeah. People yeah, cannot read I, our minds. They, they can't read our minds. You know, you, they, you might have done a hundred conversations with clients, but this might be the first time they're engaging an accountant at this level. Right. And so you have to keep that in mind that they may need a very open, transparent conversation about expectations, hopes, and dreams that go both ways. And I would just add to that. It's also helpful to disclose a little bit about who you are outside of work at your own comfort level, because that helps people get to know you and help and helps them get to trust you. So of course they want you to be good at the numbers, but they also want to feel like they're dealing with a whole human being. And I would, I would say that's going to get, that's going to help you build a business and good word of mouth more than even being good with the numbers. We assume the accounts are good with the numbers, but if they also, if we know them, we trust them and we feel a connection with them, that's the, that's the account I'm going to tell my friends about when they ask. Well, what's interesting to me is that um, I think the hardest uh, professional for somebody to change is their accountant. So they have this relationship, you know, and because what I get all the time, I'll, I'll, I'll teach a class, I'll be speaking. People say, but I like my accountant, hmm. but I like my accountant. So that's the best thing you can do to keep them there, right? is to, to have right. that that relationship so they do like you. So what would you like to add to that, Julian? Well, I mean, for me, the biggest thing and what we try to show is that you can now have, you know, closeness or collegiality or a sense of liking and trust without disclosure. That's the behavior that creates it. It's really important to see it that way because without disclosure, you can have a lot of things like a compliment one of the behaviors in the model is going to affect people. But just because you build on people's strength doesn't mean that they're going to identify with you, right? The behavior that really solidifies relationships, strengthens relationships, deepens relationship is disclosure. And I always give credit to Alex on this because he really always talks about it as like the magical wand of communication because it's one of the few behaviors that if you produce it, if you disclose Almost 100% of the time, it's not like a law, but most often people will also share something. So mm -hmm. if you share a little bit about you, the other person will share a little bit about them. And it's in that process that the relationship is deepened. It, it's almost yeah. like the law of reciprocity, right? We, That's we, exactly yeah. right. Exactly. It, it, we, we, we share, we're open. Um, of course, there can be uh, TMI. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we should give a warning about that. Don't get too personal too fast. That's the warning. Right. Just ease yeah. into the disclosures. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, disclose certain things, but you don't have to disclose yeah. everything. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, you can feel yourself intuitive too. Say that you, again. You can feel yourself so, bonding when you disclose. Sorry, Julian. And the other person reciprocates you can literally feel your emotions change toward each other you feel the bond solidify and it is like a magic wand it's the closest thing we have to it in communication yeah the one thing i was going to add you know alex is right on point is this idea that disclosure is also counterintuitive to us because it's the one it's the one behavior that's the riskiest right because mm -hmm. it says something about who we are so in the world of relationship 
disclosure is a bit of a risk, but it's, it's, again, it's the one behavior that actually gets you closer to people. So when you do it, it takes a little bit of courage, but the payoff is closer connections. Okay. So I'm going to go just one step deeper here, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I would say in my experience, most people don't even know themselves enough to disclose. So oh, how, how do you, I mean, really, I mean, you think about it. Why, why are we accountants? We, well, we can focus on numbers. We don't have to focus on people, right? I mean, if, if I like, if I wanted, if, if I liked dealing with blood, I'd be a physician, I'd be a surgeon, right? I'm not a surgeon. That's, uh, I, I don't want to do that. That's not interesting to me. Numbers, that's, you know, that's very, numbers are, are actually very superficial when you look at them, but they're very factual, right? There's no, right. Uh, the, 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 there, there's no, I don't have to wonder what's behind that, right? The number's the number, right? This, it's a right. great thing. Right. I mean, numbers are numbers. Um, you know, we, we like to say two plus two is what you want it to be, but reality is, is most of the time it's four. So um, right. when, how do you, you know, if you're going to disclose something, um, how do you choose what to disclose? And how do you even get to the point where you are comfortable enough with yourself to um, disclose something that would generate that relationship? So, uh, and I can't wait to hear what Alex is going to say about this. I think he's got great ideas. I can just already tell, you know, when you, the first thing you mentioned when you started posing the question is, you know, and I've been writing a little bit about this, is that self-awareness is one of the barriers we have to cross in order to communicate more effectively. That That is a fact. And getting to know who we are uh, is a journey, as is communication. And so really, when we talk about disclosure, what we're really asking people to do is to go on a journey of figuring out if they can open up a little bit more and become more authentic on that journey. So you're right that it actually has a lot of depth behind the simplicity of the behavior because we are complex. We are not totally self-aware of who we are. We are discovering more about our, even ourselves. But think of it like a movement. I'm going to make an intentional decision in my communication to be as authentic as I can, to reveal who I am, to have the courage to speak up and share my thoughts, my ideas, and even my emotions. And that progression will get me closer to people. Yeah. And I'll make that even more concrete. So taking the heart of what Julian said is that I would say start small. So start with the stuff that doesn't take all that much self-awareness. Like what are your interests? What are your hobbies? You may have, you may deliberately decide to put several photographs where people can see them to spark a conversation. I'd have that at my desk and people say, oh, who's that? And then you disclose, you tell them about your family, you tell them about picture of you playing tennis, just disclose those easy going topics that everybody can relate to. And then you see how that goes. And if the other person handles it well, then you take another step and you can talk about maybe one of those topics in a little more depth, or you can introduce right. a, a, another topic altogether. So you, you take it all stepwise. The heart is to get to know each other. The heart of it is to, to form relationships over time at your own pace, but to do it in steps. Don't jump into, like we said, don't get too personal too fast. You don't have to reveal some deep, we're not talking about deep, dark secrets. We're just saying you are a whole person. You're not just in your role only, your job description only. You're a whole person that they're connecting with. And so yeah. get the, help them get to know that whole person. 
Yeah, when when I'm training our our CPAs, one of the things I do is I ask them, "What do you what do you care about? What do you, what do you value? What's important to you?" Right. Um, because to me, you know, once you, you you know you ask that question, you know, what do you what do I care about? Okay, well, what do I really care about? What's really important to me? And some of it is, um, and then I'll say, well, you know, if they say they don't know, I'll say, well, look at where you spend your time, because where you mm -hmm. spend your time and where you spend your money and mostly where you spend your time is what you really care about. And that to me, that's a lot about, okay. And why then, then if you want to get, then if you want to start getting deeper, you can say, well, why, you know, why do you spend your time there? Why do you spend your money there? Why is that important to you? What, what's driven that? And I find that the better I know why I do something, um, the easier it is for me to a be authentic and disclose, but it's also makes it easier, um, you know, for it, it actually gives me more confidence because once, once you know who you are, you don't have to worry about what other people think because that's who you are. But if you, yeah. if you're not sure right. who you are and you haven't done that um, kind of introspection work, then you're always worried about what somebody else thinks about you. And that's, I think, a really big concern, particularly when it comes to partners, staff and clients. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we we do have those insecurities in terms of, especially when it comes to disclosure, because, uh, you know, other people could evaluate you and un jump to conclusions. I just thought of another tip, by the way, going back to asking questions. This is the earlier uh, tip in the model. When when you're asking questions, people will often reveal things about themselves. You say, "How's it going? What are you looking for?" And and if they reveal anything where you see common ground, that is your opportunity to reciprocate Perfect. on your part and give some common, you know, share your common ground, Let, disclose a little bit about that. And then there's a, always a bond formed over common ground. Perfect. So uh, let, let, let's wrap up number with the third one that, that kind of hit me, which is the listening, um, which is really oh, yeah. hard to do. It's really, really hard to do because, um, you know, I always, you know, the old saying, my, you know, your parents always told you, you have two ears and one mouth. Right. So you yeah. should be listening twice as often, twice as long <laughs> as you should be talking. And if I could get this across to my sales team, it would be gold. Um, but it's really right. hard. And it, it's very hard. You know, you know all this information. They're asking you the, for your expertise. They're asking for this information. And yet you, and so you want to spend all your time talking. Can you talk about, first of all, the value of listening, and then let's talk about how to listen. So the value of listening, I mean, you know, in the book we propose that if you can truly listen to others, you can transcend the perceived differences that exist between you and others. And you're right, I mean, it's a funny, again, counterintuitive principle. A lot of people study communication because they want to learn how to speak, but the ultimate form of communication is deep listening, right? So. You go in thinking I'm going to do that, but actually the, the the ultimate form is really this kind of learning to listen deeply. And it is very difficult. There are things that you can do to help. You know, we talk about how really listening deeply is about, first of all, uh, positioning yourself, even just physically into the interaction in a way that's conducive to listening. So simply even leaning in biologically gives you a listening position or squaring your shoulders gives you a listening position. Um, but sometimes it's also philosophical, right? Approaching the interaction and knowing that you can discover people 
and understand that you're not going to judge the person. You're not going to assess who they are. You're going to try to really understand their world viewed from their perspective. And the thing with the listening is I think it's easy to do when things are going well. Harder, the more the interaction becomes difficult, right? It's kind of like incremental. The scale suddenly becomes almost impossible, especially if you've got a, a world of difference between two people. So we try to show people in the book how they can overcome that. And, and I'm sure Alex, since we're kind of pressed for time here, is going to share some, some key pieces maybe that he's thinking about listening. Well, what I was thinking about is when you said we have one mouth and two ears. In the book, we share a statistic that leaders listen on average twice as much as the average employee. And simply the act of listening makes you come across as a leader. That's how you'll be perceived. The best consultants are the best listeners. So in terms of salespeople, if, if they can listen more than they talk, they'll come across as having wisdom, perception, they'll be more trusted. I know we want to share our pitch, right? We have our, we have our talking points, but really listening is the thing that's going to make people feel close to you. Everybody loves a good listener. You can make a best friend just by listening to them. So it's a really powerful behavior. Yeah, no, no question. I, I always tell people, I said, look, um, if you're, if you're talking, you're losing. Yeah, that's a great, that's, the, that's some real talk, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should have put that in the book. If you're yeah, talking, you're losing. Well, I, you, know, I mean, I you, think... th you think about who controls the conversation, right? Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm. When I do a podcast, I'm asking the questions. Yeah. Right. So by asking the questions, by definition, I'm in control of the conversation, right? And and so the minute we start the minute we're talking instead of asking the questions and listening we're actually giving up control of the right. of the relationship and we're giving up control of the situation control of the conversation and when we're the exactly. advisor honestly our clients want us to be in control but the only way right. we can be in control it seems to me is to listen yeah. yeah i mean i love what you just said i even put it in the chat so i remember if you're talking you're losing it's a great metaphor for thinking about what this is all about. And we do in the book, you know, really invite people to start practicing because just like any other skill, you can build on it. And that's that's really our point is that you may be at a particular baseline level, but by focusing your energy, your time and some habits, you can truly improve the way that you listen to other people. Yeah. And I just want to add that uh, you're not wrong. Everything you said about listening is correct. We just want to reemphasize that it has to be authentic. It has to come from a place of right. really caring about people, not yeah. a superficial behavior. We've all been caught fake listening. I get it. But we're not talking <laughs> about the mere behaviors. We're talking about like genuinely caring about what the other person yeah. has to say, not doing it so we can close a sale, but doing it so we can hear them, empathize, connect. And once you do that, usually the rest of the business relationship will work itself out pretty well. No, I, I, I love that. And that, that's why I think that, you know, that curiosity, uh, one of the values uh, besides running a, a network of CPAs and, and a franchise, I actually run a, a, my own CPA firm and well, my partner runs the CPA firm, but one of our values is be curious. Yeah. And, and another one is be genuine. So, you know, my, my partner who came up with these with the staff, there's, I mean, 
they seriously, they'd, they'd be right on the same page with you. They, every, everything you're talking about, they're doing it, which is what makes them such a great team, frankly, is because right. they actually model this. They want this. They, they want to be genuine. They want to communicate. They want to listen. They want it. They want to work together. And it's, you know, even though it can be the height of tax season, they're happy together because they're they're actually participating with each other. They're they're working with each other and serving each other. So I, I think that's uh, that's a really good point. Any final um, any final points uh, that you'd like to make here? And I just want to give your audience maybe one thing that they can physically do that will teach them listening. Are you ready? Please. So I think we can yes, do this together. Let's Take do your it. right hand and make a really tight fist like this. I'm going to teach you listening in 30 seconds. And then all I want you to do is put the palm up and slowly open your hand so your hand opens up. That is the story of listening. If you feel yourself getting tight or not engaging or disconnecting or withdrawing or attacking, just physically open your hand and you'll notice that maybe the body will relax and you'll change your perspective on what's happening in the interaction. I love that. Final words, Alex? I think Julian said it best. I'm not going to be able to top that. <laughs> that, that, that I, I know when to shut up. That, that's awesome. We so, have our moments, I guess. That's fantastic. You know, I, I think this is is terrific. Our our uh, our motto is uh, better clients, better practice, better life. And and I really see that this communication and developing these communication skills. That's where you end up with the better clients. And because you're asking the questions you want to, to me, I don't want every client. I, I don't, I, I want only the clients that I want. And so how am right. I going to know that if I'm not asking the questions, disclosing, which helps them disclose, and then uh, actively listening to them? How am I going to do that? And, and the other three I understand are just as important, but you're going to have to read the book, Positive Communication for Leaders, <laughs> Proven Strategies for Inspiring Unity and Effective Change, uh, Effecting Change. Uh, it's been uh, Julian Miravel and Alex Le uh, Leon, uh, Lyon. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm listening to Julian. So Julian, I, I, spent two, I spent a couple of years as, when I was a young man in, in Paris. And so- Oh, I, great. I'm hearing a French accent. I go to I go to French, so I apologize <laughs> that, for that, um, Alex. No but, worries. Uh, no problem. Where, no where problem. could outside of buying your book, where where could we go um, for more information about um, what you're teaching? The Positive Communication for Leaders .com website. You can check the book out there, and on that website, you can um, visit Julian's page or my page as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thanks everybody for joining us and being willing to get a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Um, because when we do, and we actually get into that, the listening, the, the, the disclosing the questions and, and the other three behaviors that we need in order to have a great uh, communication, we're always going to end up with better clients, a better practice and a better life. We'll see y'all next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.